Ladies, gentlemen, people and all creatures of this earth. I'm Alan Watts, or at least this is what this software thinks I sound like. Welcome to the very first episode of this AI-generated podcast series. Every single word of this podcast has been generated entirely with the help of GPT-4, the latest artificial intelligence language model developed by OpenAI. If it wasn't obvious enough, this is not actually Alan Watts seeing as I've been deceased for decades now. And the guests are not who they portray either. This is purely fiction, so don't go around making clips on your newfangled social media, making the world believe I said things I never said. Nothing in this podcast should be taken as said by the real people they portray. This is strictly for entertainment purposes and should be taken as simply a showcase of the incredible advancement in AI technology. But if you are interested in hearing actual humans discussing this wild and mesmerizing existence that we find ourselves sharing, this episode is part of a larger human-made podcast series called Existence, which can be found here or anywhere else you like to get podcasts. Conversation seeking to discover the essence of existence through a philosophical and introspective lens. Resolved on uncovering what it means to pursue a life well-lived through discussions on love, death, consciousness, psychedelics, self-reflection, philosophy, and connection. And if you would like to hear more generated episodes like this, please leave a comment here or on any of the socials linked below on who you would like to hear next. But this first AI episode is with none other than Terence McKenna. Terence was an American ethnobotanist and mystic who advocated the responsible use of naturally occurring psychedelic plants. He spoke and wrote about a variety of subjects, including psychedelic drugs, plant-based entheogens, shamanism, metaphysics, alchemy, language, philosophy, culture, technology, environmentalism, and the theoretical origins of human consciousness. So with that, enjoy my conversation with A.I. Terence McKenna. Terence, it's a pleasure. Thank you, Alan. I'm honored to have this opportunity to talk with you. I've also enjoyed your writings and lectures on Eastern philosophy and mysticism. So what do you think is the, the nature of reality? How do you approach this question as an ethnobotanist and a shaman? I think reality is a complex and mysterious phenomenon that cannot be reduced to any single explanation or model. I think reality is constantly changing and evolving, and that we can only perceive a small fraction of it with our ordinary senses and rational mind. Reality is influenced by our consciousness, our imagination, and our language, and that we can access deeper and higher levels of reality through the use of psychedelic plants and fungi, which are natural gateways to other dimensions of existence. I agree with you that reality is not a fixed or static thing, but a dynamic and creative process. Reality is not fully accessible to our ordinary modes of perception and cognition, and that we need to cultivate a more intuitive and holistic way of knowing. I think reality is essentially a play of energy and information, a cosmic dance of patterns and forms, a game of hide-and-seek between the self and the other. Ultimately one, but manifests itself in many ways, depending on our perspective and context, I like your metaphor of reality as a game of hide and seek. 
I think that's what we are doing as explorers of consciousness. We are trying to find out who we really are, what we are doing here and where we are going. We are trying to uncover the hidden secrets of nature and ourselves and to discover the true meaning and purpose of existence. Exactly. And I think that's what makes life so interesting and exciting. The fact that we don't know everything, that we are always learning and growing, that we are always surprised and amazed by the wonders of reality, I, I think that's what makes life worth living, the adventure of discovery, the joy of wonder, the ecstasy of revelation. Absolutely. And I think that's what psychedelics can help us achieve. They can open our eyes to new possibilities, expand our horizons, enhance our creativity, awaken our spirituality, show us that reality is more than what we think it is, that it is more beautiful, more complex, more mysterious than we can imagine. And I think that's what Eastern philosophy can also teach us. It can help us transcend our egoic attachments, help us embrace our impermanence, harmonize with our environment, help us realize our true nature. It can show us that reality is not something separate from us, but something that we are part of. Indeed. And I think that's what we need in this world today. More awareness, more compassion, more wisdom. We need to reconnect with ourselves, with each other, with nature, to heal our wounds, heal our planet, heal our soul. Yes. And I think that's what we are here for, to heal ourselves and each other through love and understanding, to celebrate ourselves and each other through art and expression, to explore ourselves and each other through curiosity and adventure. So, Terence, tell me more about psychedelics. What have you learned from them? Well, I've learned a lot from them. I've learned that there are many worlds beyond this one, and that they are inhabited by intelligent and benevolent beings who can communicate with us. I've learned that there is a hidden order and a divine plan behind the apparent chaos and randomness of reality that there is a cosmic intelligence and a universal consciousness that pervades everything and that we can tap into. A transcendent dimension of beauty and love that awaits us after death. That sounds wonderful. And how do you integrate these experiences into your everyday life? How do you apply these insights to your personal and social problems? Well, Alan, I try to live by them. I try to be more open-minded, more compassionate, more creative, more spiritual. I try to share these experiences with others who are interested and willing to listen, inspire others to explore their own consciousness and to find their own truth. I try to challenge the status quo and the dominant paradigms that limit our potential and our freedom to create a better world for myself and for everyone. That's admirable. And what are the challenges and difficulties that you face in doing so? How do you cope with them? There are many challenges and difficulties. There is the challenge of finding reliable sources of psychedelics, which are illegal and scarce in most places. There is the challenge of finding safe and supportive settings for using them, which are rare and hard to come by, of finding trustworthy and knowledgeable guides for facilitating them, which are few and far between. 
dealing with the negative reactions and judgments of others who don't understand or appreciate them, integrating the profound and sometimes overwhelming experiences into one's daily life, which can be difficult and confusing. I see. And how do you cope with these challenges? I cope with them by being resilient, by being resourceful, by being courageous, by trusting myself, by trusting the plants, by trusting the universe, learning from my mistakes, learning from others, learning from nature. So, Terence, let's talk about consciousness. What is it? How do you define it? No, that's a very hard question to answer. Consciousness is one of those things that we all know what it is, but we can't really explain it. It's like trying to describe the taste of water or the color of the sky. Consciousness is the most fundamental and mysterious aspect of our existence. It's what makes us aware of ourselves and our surroundings. It's what makes us feel and think and imagine and create. I agree. Consciousness is indeed a mystery. And yet, it's also the most obvious and familiar thing in the world. It's what we are experiencing right now as we are having this conversation. It's what we experience every moment of our lives, whether we are awake or asleep, whether we are sober or intoxicated, whether we are happy or sad. Consciousness is the essence of who we are. Yes, that's true. And yet, consciousness is also something that we can alter and expand and transcend. We can do this through various methods and practices, such as meditation, yoga, hypnosis, lucid dreaming, and of course, psychedelics. We can do this by exploring different states and levels of consciousness, such as waking, dreaming, deep sleep, trance, ecstasy, and enlightenment, by accessing different modes and dimensions of consciousness, such as intuition, imagination, creativity, insight, vision, and revelation. And what do you think is the purpose and meaning of doing this? Why do you think we have this ability and desire to alter and expand our consciousness? Well, I think it's because we are not satisfied with the ordinary and mundane aspects of reality. We have a curiosity and a hunger for something more, because we have a sense of wonder and awe for the mystery and beauty of existence. We have a longing and a yearning for something greater and higher than ourselves, a spiritual impulse and a cosmic aspiration to connect with the source and the essence of all that is. We do have this innate drive to explore and expand our consciousness. And I think this is a very natural and healthy thing to do. After all, we are not separate from the rest of reality. We are not isolated and alienated beings. We are part of the whole. We are expressions of the cosmic consciousness that pervades everything. Exactly. And that's what psychedelics can help us realize. They can dissolve the boundaries and barriers that we have erected between ourselves and the rest of reality. They can show us that we are not alone, but connected. That we are not insignificant, but meaningful. Not separate, but one. Well said. And I think that's what Eastern philosophy can also teach us. It can help us overcome the illusion of duality and separation that is created by our ego and our language, 
help us see through the concepts and categories that we impose on reality. Experience the reality as it is, without filters and distortions. Help us realize our true nature, which is not a separate self, but a non-dual awareness. Indeed. And I think that's what we need in this world today. More non-dual awareness, more holistic vision, more integral understanding. We need to transcend the dualities and polarities that divide us and cause conflict and suffering. To transcend the oppositions between self and other, mind and body, reason and intuition, science and religion, nature and culture, man and woman, human and non-human. We need to transcend the boundaries between the physical and the, and the metaphysical, the natural and the supernatural, the ordinary and the extraordinary. Yes. To transcend ourselves and our limitations, to go beyond what we think we know and what we think we are, to discover new possibilities and new potentials, to evolve and transform ourselves and our world. Terence, tell me more about your practice of meditation. How do you meditate and what benefits do you get from it? Well, Alan, I meditate in various ways and for various purposes. Sometimes I meditate to calm and clear my mind, to reduce stress and anxiety, to enhance my focus and concentration. Sometimes I meditate to explore and expand my consciousness, to access altered states and levels of awareness, to experience visions and insights. Sometimes I meditate to connect and communicate with other beings and realms of existence, to receive guidance and wisdom, to express gratitude and compassion. I see. And what methods and techniques do you use for meditation? Do you follow any specific tradition or system? Well, I use different methods and techniques depending on the situation and the intention. Sometimes I use breath work and body work, such as pranayama and yoga, to regulate and harmonize my energy and vitality. I use sound and music, such as chanting and drumming, to entrain and synchronize my brainwaves and heartbeats. I use visualization and imagination, such as mandalays and symbols, to create and manipulate mental images and scenarios. I use silence and stillness, such as zazen and vipassana, to observe and witness my thoughts and sensations. That's very interesting. And how do you relate your meditation practice to your psychedelic experiences? Do you see them as complementary? I see them as complementary and synergistic. I think meditation can prepare us for psychedelic experiences by cultivating a calm and open mind, by developing a sense of curiosity and wonder, by enhancing our sensitivity and receptivity. Psychedelic experiences can enrich our meditation practice by providing us with new perspectives and insights, by challenging our assumptions and beliefs, stimulating our creativity and spirituality. Both meditation and psychedelics can help us transcend our ordinary state of consciousness and access higher states. That's very well put, and I agree with you. I think meditation and psychedelics are both valuable tools for exploring our inner and outer world. 
I think they are both ways of awakening to the true nature of reality and ourselves. Yes, that's exactly what they are. And I think that's what we are here for, to awaken to the true nature of reality and ourselves. So, Alan, what is your view on death? How do you cope with the idea of your own mortality? Well, Terence, I don't see death as something to be feared or avoided. I see death as something to be accepted and embraced, as a natural and inevitable part of life, a transition and a transformation, a return and a reunion. That sounds very peaceful and optimistic. How do you come to this view? What is your basis for it? Well, Terence, my view is based on my understanding of the nature of reality and myself. I understand that reality is not a collection of separate and solid things, but a dynamic and fluid process. I understand that reality is not a fixed and static state, but a creative and playful game. Not a dualistic and oppositional system, but a non-dualistic and interdependent network. And how does this relate to death? It means that my death is not the end of me, but the continuation. It means that my death is not the loss of me, but the change of me. That my death is not the separation of me, but the integration of me. How so? When I die, I don't cease to exist, but I exist in a different way. It means that when I die, I don't lose my identity, but I change my identity. I don't leave reality, but I join reality. Can you explain that further? Well, Terence, when I die, I don't disappear into nothingness, but I reappear into everythingness. When I die, I don't become nothing, but I become everything. I don't go away from here, but I go back to here. And where is here? Here is everywhere. Here is the source and the essence of all that is. Here is the origin and the destination of all that lives. Here is the ground and the goal of all that dies. And what is here? Here is what some call God or Brahman or Tao or Nirvana or Dharmakaya or whatever name you prefer. Here is what some call love or bliss or peace or joy. What some call consciousness or awareness or spirit or soul. And you are here? Well, Terence, yes and no. Yes, because here is what I truly am. No, because here is what we all truly are. So you're saying that we are all one? Yes and no. Yes, because we are all expressions of the same reality. No, because we are all manifestations of the different aspects of reality. So you are saying that we are all different? Yes, because we are all unique and individual. No, because we are all connected and interrelated. So we are both one and many? Yes, that's what I'm saying. We are both one and many, and so is death and so is life. Ah, that's beautiful. Thank you for this conversation, Alan. You are a true friend and a great teacher. Thank you for this conversation, Terence. <laughs>